Praise God. We're thankful for all of you. If you were a first-time guest this morning, you're back tonight. You're just home folk now. And if you're a first-time guest tonight, welcome. Welcome. And uh, we continue We continue to break new strides with this uh, multicultural revival that the Lord spoke to us several weeks ago that we're going into this morning. This morning. We had somebody from Romania here. The Lord is breaking. You see what's happening? Million dollar mission. You give to the world and I'll bring the world to you. Are you seeing it happen? That's something for you to sow into. And uh, that, was a, that was a friend of uh, Sister Kim Caesars. And I believe she's going to be back. If she said anything bad about us, don't tell us. We'll just believe that she loved it. She was very kind, very sweet. And um, we're going to do everything we can to get her back uh, here with us. And I believe that God is going to help us to do that. I, I am enriched by the conversations that I had this morning from so many that uh, their lives, uh, you know, this morning was a simple lesson on friendship. Um, it's, you know, friendships are simple but yet complex. But I was pleasantly surprised at how many of our guests said, you don't know how badly I needed to hear that this morning and began to explain things that they were going through in relationships and personal struggles and battles that they were having. And I believe that the Lord is doing something great. I, um, I don't know exactly where the Lord is going tonight, but we're going to start on this journey. And I know that the Lord has some very powerful things to say. I, re- I want to read a couple of verses from Job 36, verses 2 and 3. I'm going to read this from the Living Bible, and I'll be back in Job here shortly. Um, we'll divert for a little bit, come back to Job And the way that it is expressed in the Living Bible is so powerful. In the last 24 hours, I have learned some things about God that I thought I kind of knew, but it just became more real to me than it ever has before, and I want to try to share that with you. Let me go on, and I will show you the truth of what I'm saying. This is Elihu. This is the friend that came behind the three friends of Job that were, we call them Job's comforters, but they were everything but comforters. And when it was all said and done, Elihu, he was the youngest, and he said, I've listened to the elders speak, and I've been respectful, and but now that you're done speaking, there's some things that I would like to share with you. And some things I would like to share with Job. And of course, Elihu is a type or a shadow, a foreshadowing of Christ, the character of Christ, the mediation of Christ. Let me go on and I will show you the truth of what I am saying. For I have not finished defending God. I will give you many, everybody say many, Many. illustrations of the righteousness of my maker. I will give you many 
illustrations of the righteousness of my maker. And that's my subject tonight, illustrations of my maker. Amen. I believe the Lord's going to talk to us here. I feel a great anointing in this place. And I feel the excitement, the excitement of the people of God in this place. You may be seated. I want to jump to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. This is in the King James Version. And this is a passage that is, has been quoted by an innumerable number of people. And there's been much debate on it. And so I want to share some thoughts on it here tonight. And then we will go back and use the book of Job to illustrate the concept of what is being said about God here in Genesis 1 and 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, we don't really have to wonder if there is a multiplicity of, of gods or persons. We don't have to wonder if there's one God or three or whatever because the very next verse the very next verse says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. But I do want to go into the meaning of the word God here tonight. And as many of you know, that is the word God is the, the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim. And it is used over 600 times in the Old Testament alone. And it refers to God, capital G-O-D. It can also refer to God's, little g-o-d-s. And it can also refer to judges, angels, and the like throughout, throughout the Old Testament. But when you dig a little deeper... Strong's tells us that when this word is paired, and I'm reading right out of Strong's concordance, when this word is paired with a singular verb, Elohim, which is a plural word, becomes singular in tense. The plural word Elohim, when paired with a singular verb, takes on the singular tense, and especially when referring to God as creator. Why would God use a plural word to describe himself when there is only one of him? And the answer is, it is singular in tense, but it is plural intensive. It is singular intense, meaning there's only one of them. But it is plural intensive. Why is it plural? It is plural because it is the only word that can describe God without limitation. 
And the plurality of this, and I'm reading straight from Strong's here tonight, is that he is not just God as creator, but he is also the king of the whole earth. He is the only righteous uh, righteous judge, and he is the Lord of the whole earth, and he is the only savior. And then when you further break that down into his character, his character is compassionate. It is gracious. He is faithful to his covenant. And we find all of these characteristics about God that describe him. The plural form of this word may be regarded as intensive to indicate God's fullness of power as majestic to indicate God's kingly rule And his authority. Now when I go back to the book of Job. I I was intrigued yesterday. And all day this afternoon as I I began to dig through this. And to see how Elihu in the book of Job. Describes God in ways that we don't really think of describing him as. Now when we see things in nature. Uh, We assume that that's the cycle of nature. If a storm comes, that's the cycle of nature. If a tornado happens, that's, that's just the stirring up the cycle of nature. That's the revolutions of the earth. That's the gravitational pull. That's, that's the moisture in the air. That's the, uh, the jet streams that are crossing paths. That's confusion in the atmosphere. And these are things that are set in motion, but God really has nothing to do with it. That's the way that we perceive nature. We have to understand that when God created all things, he did not create something that was not like himself. The things that he created in nature, he created out of himself. Everything came out from him. And when you look at nature... It is indicative of the character and the behavior and the personality of God himself. All of these things are part of who God is. And so in Job chapter 36 and 26, Elihu continues and he said, God is so great that we cannot begin to know him. No one can begin to understand eternity. He draws up the water vapor, then distills it into rain. It doesn't just happen, which the skies pour down. Can anyone really understand the spreading of the clouds and the thunders within? See how he spreads the lightning around him and blankets the tops of the mountains by his fantastic powers in nature. Everybody say nature. By his fantastic powers in nature, he punishes or blesses the people, giving them food in abundance. He fills his hands with lightning bolts. He hurls each at its target. We feel his presence in the thunder. Even the cattle know when a storm is coming. Job is giving us An indication here that weather doesn't just happen. I I, I know some people want to call it climate change. 
And I know people want to say, well, it's the shifting of jet streams, but the Lord is in the middle of all of it. And everything that happens in creation happens for a reason. He is the divine weatherman. He said, my heart trembles at this. Listen. Listen to the thunder of his voice. You want to hear his voice? Next time a storm rolls in, turn your ear toward the skies. Raise the windows and listen to the clap and the rumble of the thunders that that begins to rumble through the heavens. Job here tells us, the book of Job tells us that that is the voice of God. It rolls across the heavens and his lightning flashes out in every direction. Afterwards comes the roaring of the thunder, the tremendous voice of his majesty. His voice is glorious in the thunder. We cannot comprehend the greatness of his power. Have I gotten out of the book yet? This is the plurality of God that was spoken of in the book of Genesis chapter 1. This is the plurality of God that every time the word God with a capital G is used in the Old Testament, it is the word Elohim. It is the plurality of his majesty and his power and his character. And Job tells us that we see it in nature. Now, we're not tree huggers here tonight. We're God worshipers here. But God is in the middle of nature. Now, for all of you that, are, that, are, that tremble at the scary white stuff, verse 6 says, For he directs the snow, the showers, and the storm to fall upon the earth. Now, if he directs the snow and it snows on Sunday... I wonder if that's a test. <laughs> now watch this. He said man's, man's work stops at such a time so that all men everywhere may recognize his power. In other words, the God that we serve will bring in a storm just to shut the world down just so that they can recognize his power. The Lord has ways of revealing himself every day all around us, and we don't even realize it. We just think it's an afternoon shower, or we think it's an ice storm coming in, or we think it's a little bit of scary white stuff. But in nature, in everything that happens, God is controlling everything, revealing his power, saying, if you'll look, I'm right here in the midst of you. I'm covering you. I'm over you. I'm around you. Mm, Clap your hands if you're thankful for that. Now he goes on to say the wild animals hide in the rocks or in the dens. For the south comes to the from the south comes the rain. From the north the cold. Watch, God blows upon the rivers, and even the widest torrents freeze. And God freezes the great lakes, and God freezes the rivers, and God freezes the streams. It's the breath of God in action. The word of God doesn't lie. He loads the clouds with moisture. And they send forth his lightning. The lightning bolts are directed by his hand. Pow, pow, pow. This is the act of God trying to get the world's attention. And they call it climate change. Are you listening to me tonight? 
He said they do whatever he commands throughout the earth. He sends the storms as punishment or in his loving kindness to encourage. Listen, Job, stop and consider the wonderful miracles of God. He's talking about the storms of nature. They're miracles. Do you know how God controls all nature and causes the lightning to flash forth from the clouds? Do you understand the balancing of the clouds with wonderful perfection and skill? Do you know why you become warm when the south wind is blowing and everything is still? Can you spread out the gigantic mirror of the skies as he does? You who think you know so much, teach the rest of us how we should approach God. For we are too dull to know with your wisdom. Would you then dare to approach him? Well, does a man wish to be swallowed alive? For as we cannot look at the sun for its brightness when the winds have cleared away the clouds. If you ever wonder why the sun is so bright, it's the comparison to looking into the glory of God. He said if we can't look into the sun, neither can we gaze at the terrible majesty of God breaking forth upon us from heaven clothed in dazzling splendor. We cannot imagine the power of the Almighty. He is Elohim. He is plural in majesty. He is plural in power. He is plural in authority. He is not plural in person. When you divide him in personage, you water down the God that he is. He is God all by himself, but he is plural in power. No wonder men everywhere fear him, for he's not impressed by the world's wisest men. Chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. He answered him out of the middle of a tornado that had come out of the desert. Now I want to ask you a question. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever gotten a little a little weak need and a little fearful when you see that tornado warning coming, when you see that storm coming, when you see those red, those red blotches on, on that radar, on your app, on your phone, and you're looking to see if it's going to come anywhere near your house. I got news for you. God is in control of it all. God is in control of it all. I wish somebody would hear me here tonight. I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but if you just look in the scripture, how many of you have prayed, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever prayed, God, show me your glory. God, let me hear your voice. God, let me see your power. God, let me understand how great that you are. But you, you hear that thunder rolling in on the edge of a storm. You hear a northern coming in and you see those clouds rolling in. The wind begins to gust to 50 and 75 miles an hour. 150 mile an hour winds hit the Gulf Coast. A hurricane comes and lightning strikes and storms are happening all over the place. It is God saying, I am here and I am still in control and I still have have all power. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him. I'm shaking all over here tonight. Oh, come on, praise him. Next time, if you wonder, when you wonder if God's going to take care of your little situation, 
Is he going to handle your little bills that are piling up? Is he going to take care of the broken down car? Is he going to take care of the fussing and fighting going on in the marriage? Just go back to the last thunderclap you heard. And you will remember how great that he is. He's great enough to number the clouds. He puts the intensity in every light. My God, have mercy. I feel something in this building tonight. We need to get a revelation of the greatness of his power. I'm here to give you the illustrations of my maker here tonight. Now, in the next chapter, God gets a little straight with Job. He said, get ready for the battle, Job. Because I'm about to ask you some hard questions and demand an answer from you. He tells him, you and I are about to go to war because I don't like the stuff coming out of your mouth. I know you've been through some stuff, but I thought you knew me before all of this. But some of the stuff you're saying lets me know that you don't know me like I thought that you knew me. So I want to ask you some questions, Job. And they sound like this. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Did you know? Do you know its dimensions were determined? How its dimensions were determined? determined? And who did the surveying? What supports its foundations? Who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who decreed the boundaries of the seas when they gushed from the depths? Who clothed them with clouds and thick darkness and barred them by limiting their shores and said, Thus far and no farther shall you come, and here shall your proud waves stop. Have you ever once commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you ever told the daylight to spread to the ends of the earth, to the end, to end the night's wickedness? Have you ever robed the dawn in red and disturbed the haunts of wicked men and stopped the arm raised to strike? Have you explored the springs from which the seas come or walked in the sources of their depths? Has the location of the gates of death been revealed to you, Job? Did you realize the extents of the, of the earth? Tell me about it if you know. Where does the light come from? And how do you get there? Or tell me about the darkness. Where does it come from? Can you find its boundaries or go to its source? But of course, you know all of this, huh, Job? For you were born before it was all created and you are so very experienced. Well, the Lord can get a little sarcastic with you. Have you visited the treasuries of the snow? Watch this. Or seen where hail is made and stored? For I have reserved it for the time when I will need it in war. Where is the pad to the distribution point of light? Where is the home of the east wind? Who dug the valleys for the torrents of rain? Who laid out the path for the lightning, causing the rain to fall upon the barren deserts so that the parched and barren ground is satisfied with water and tender grass springs up? Has the rain a father? Where does dew come from? Who is the mother of the ice and frost? For the water changes and turns to ice as hard as rock. Can you hold back the stars, Job? 
Can you restrain Orion and Pleiades? Oh, yeah, he calls the stars by name. Can you ensure the proper sequence of the seasons or guide the constellation of the bear with, their, with her satellites across the heavens? Do you know the laws of the universe and how the heavens influence the earth? Can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? Can you make lightning appear and cause it to strike as you direct? Who gives intuition and instinct? Who is wise enough to number all the clouds? Who can tilt the water jars of heaven when everything is dust and clods? Can you stalk prey like a lioness to satisfy the young lion's appetites as they lie in their dens or lie in wait in the jungle? Who provides for the ravens when their young cry out to God as they try to struggle up from their nest in hunger? Do you know how mountain goats give birth, Job? Have you ever seen them giving birth to their young? Do you know how many months of pregnancy they have before they bow themselves to give birth to their young and carry their burden no longer? Their young grow up in the open field, then leave their parents and return to them no more. Who makes the wild donkeys wild? I have placed them in the wilderness and given them salt plains to live in. For they hate the noise of the city and want no drivers shouting at them. The mountain ranges are their pasture. There they search for every blade of grass. Will the wild ox be your happy servant? Will he stay beside your feeding crib? Can you use a wild ox to plow with? Will he pull the harrow with you? Because he is so strong, will you trust him? Will you let him decide where to work? Can you send, out to, to bring, send him out to bring in the grain from the threshing floor? The ostrich flaps her wings grandly and has no true motherly love. She lays her eggs on top of the earth to warm in the dust. She forgets that someone may step on them and crush them or wild animals destroy them. She ignores her young as though they weren't her own and is unconcerned that they die for God has deprived her of wisdom. But whenever she jumps up to run, she passes the swiftest horse with his rider. Have you given the horse strength to clothe his neck with a quivering mane? Have you made him able to leap forward like a locust? His majestic snorting is something to hear. He paws the earth and rejoices in his strength. And when he goes to war, he is unafraid and does not run away through the arrows, though the arrows rattle against him or the flashing spear and javelin. Fiercely, he paws the ground and rushes forward into battle when the trumpet blows. At the sound of the bugle, he shouts, Aha! He smells the battle when far away. He rejoices at the shouts of battle and the roar of the captain's commands. Do you know how a hawk soars and spreads her wings to the south? Is it at your command that the eagle rises high upon the cliffs to make her nest? She lives upon the cliffs, making her home in her mountain fortress. From there she spies her prey for, uh, from a very great distance, her nestlings Gulp up blood, for she goes wherever the slain are. Do you still want to argue with the Almighty? Every blade of grass, every leaf on every tree, every rock that was ever created, 
everything that we look around us and see. There is nothing that has not been made that does not have his fingerprints on it. And that's why the scripture said, I'm talking about Elohim tonight. I'm talking about the plurality of a single God. I'm talking about one God that is God all by himself and he doesn't need anybody's help. He doesn't need anybody to worship him. He doesn't need anybody to support him. He doesn't need anybody to like him. He is God all by himself, but he is plural in power and there are no limitations to him. He is more compassionate than the greatest of compassions. He is more powerful than the most powerful here on earth. He is God. I'm talking about illustrations of my maker here tonight night and if he cares that much for the blades of the grass of the field and he has the hairs of the head on your body numbered that he will take care of whatever it is that's going on in your life and the next time you doubt him just turn your ear toward the skies and listen to the thunder rumble through the clouds clouds, and through the atmosphere he is God it is the voice of God it's the voice of his majesty come on praise him come on praise him I feel him in this place right now does he know yes he knows does he have a plan yes he has a plan Paul said for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. I'm talking about illustrations of my maker here tonight. We understand them by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You don't have to worry about the people that have never read the Bible. You don't have to worry about the people that can't quote as much scripture as you. They can live in the furthest village on the farthest part of the earth and God can still reveal himself to them. It may start with a snowstorm. It may, it may include a thunderbolt here and there. It may be the thunder rolling through the clouds. And every time it happens, there's a storm coming to this world. And God is about to reveal his power. He's about to make bare his arm. I'm preaching to a church right now that is worshiping and serving a God that is incomparable. He is single intense, singular intense, but he is plural intensive. Oh, come on. I can't change the season, but I can worship God in the season. I can't change darkness into light, but I can change, I can worship the one who does. I can't make it quit snowing, but I can praise the one who makes the snow. He carefully, my God, he carefully designs every snowflake. He's crafted it. He is the creator. He's the redeemer. He's the savior. He's the way maker. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's the light in the darkness. He's the rose of Sharon. He is everything to you. I'm talking about illustrations. 
of my maker here tonight would you praise him for the thunder would you praise him for the lightning would you praise him for the lilies of the field would you praise him for the mountain goats upon the edge of the cliff he made their hooves he, he created their climate he created the atmosphere for them to live in oh hallelujah hallelujah I'm not going to be much longer but the illustration here is when you look at all of that it ought to make you feel smaller and smaller and smaller if you've ever seen one of those videos on YouTube where somebody's out minding their own business but the clouds are getting dark outside and they're just dancing little pitter patter of rain and they're just dancing in the little puddles in the yard. And then all of a sudden, a lightning bolt comes out of nowhere and strikes a tree within about 50 feet of them. It'll clear the yard quickly. That's God saying, that's how powerful that I am. At the spoken word, he can take one tornado and wipe out a whole community. In one word, he can bring saturation of water to a dry and thirsty land. Don't you tell me God is not hearing your cry. Don't you tell me that God is not going to answer your prayer. Don't you tell me that God is not going to come through for you. The thunder is on its way to your life. The voice of God, my God, have mercy. The voice of God is about to speak into your life. And it's about to change everything. Everything. Hell is about to shake when the Lord opens his mouth and utters his voice. The God that we serve is like nobody else. He is our maker. Whoa, if he made it, he can change it. He can reshape it. He can redo it. He can renovate it. I wish somebody would praise him like you feel like praising him right now. I wish you'd praise him because there's nobody that has the power that he has. And he's been given a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. My God, praise him. My God, praise Him. He is the incorruptible God. He's the incomparable God. He's the God of perfection. Woo! When you step outside tonight, you ought to just walk over to the, 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 the closest patch of grass that you can find and put your feet on part of God's creation. Because somewhere in that blade of grass is part of the nature of God. Somewhere in that blade of grass, in the soil of the field, the dust of the earth that you were created from, somewhere in there is the power of God. Nobody can make a grain of dust but Him. Nobody can make a blade of grass but Him. If you're waiting on me, you're backing up. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus to walk in that kind of authority. Quit making him little. 
Quit making him small like he struggles with the things that you struggle with. God don't struggle with anything. I feel some help in this place tonight for somebody. God ain't struggling with the junk in your life. God's about to do a miracle. Every part of nature is a miracle from God. Praise him for his miracles. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his nature. Oh, how dare we come in here and praise something like the thunder maker's not in the building. He's here. He's here. And he is about to shake the cages of hell. He is about to take the devil and cast him in out of darkness. He's about to bind every devil that's attacking you. He's your maker. You're created for greatness. Here's the punchline. I just described to you the image of God and the authority of God. It was in that image that you and I were created in. Let us, who's us? The judge, the creator, the waymaker, the savior, the good shepherd, every part of his nature. Let's make man like us. Let's make him a judge. Let's make him creative. Somebody ought to go somewhere in the Holy Ghost here tonight. My God, go somewhere in the Holy Ghost here tonight. Woo! Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Oh, you think he can't heal that infirmity in your body? Think again. You think he can't open that barren womb? Think again. You think he can't save your backslid kids? Think again. The Lord is about to thunder in your life. He's about to thunder. Come on, lightning's about to strike in your world. I praise you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands all over the building and say, God, I surrender to your greatness. I surrender to your power. Jesus, in your mighty name. Woo! I feel a visitation of God here right now. If you'll open your mouth and say, God, fill me with your spirit. Baptize me with your anointing. Oh, my God young and old <laughs> 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 
every grain of wheat every fruit and vegetable oh, the shapes of the mountains he's carved them out Jesus come on cast all of your cares upon him let the weatherman take care of it Oh, the Lord is ministering right now. I want our preachers to help me. I want you to work these altars here tonight. In the name of Jesus. Come on, preachers. Don't even hesitate. Don't overthink it. I want you to just pray for people. Come on, just pray for people. Release the power of God on them. Hallelujah. If you consider coming down to this altar, you'd feel what we feel up here. Oh, hallelujah. I pray the Lord would sweep the house here tonight. I pray that he would put marriages together. I pray that he would bind up the brokenhearted. I pray that he would set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, I pray that a jubilee would come to somebody. I pray, Father, that you would minister to the hurting, the hungry, the downcast. Oh, God have mercy. If you're not praying for yourself, would you pray with somebody else? Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. With your hands lifted wherever you are. God. The psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You can't make God bigger except in your own eyes. Magnify him in your own eyes. You're bigger, Lord. You're bigger than the stuff that I struggle with. You're bigger. You're in the middle of the storms of my life. You've stored up the hailstones. You command the snow. visitation of God in this place right now Jesus come on I pray that God touch you in the seats tonight let your anointing come on us here don't be afraid to let God touch you he's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother he's not going to embarrass you he's not going to force himself on you but if you can open yourself up to him tonight, the Lord will baptize you with his spirit 